Blog Talk Radio. Everyone, welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. You know I'm so giddy and excited every time I get to do this show because so many awesome things are happen, happening, and I have always said the word awesomeness, but I know Russell Simmons has kind of coined that for his TV on TV network on YouTube, so he's going to have to still allow me every once in a while to say awesomeness because I've always said that, so maybe I should talk to him about using it. <laughs> I cannot go up against the king of hip-hop, can I? Maybe I can. We'll have to get Russell Simmons on the show and talk about it. You think we can? Anyway, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, I am Loretta McNary. And Loretta McNary Live is a premier blog talk radio show created for an empowered, active, diverse TV, radio, social media, and online listening audience. We want to engage and entertain our audience every day from Tuesday through Thursday, some Fridays, some Mondays. And you know our guests come from a wide range of specialties and include yet not limited to celebs, filmmakers, authors, CEOs, athletes, financial and technology gurus, book and word, performing arts, and everybody in between, pastors, ministers, leaders, politicians. We try to get them all on here to entertain and engage and educate our audience. So, but today our show, oh my goodness, she's a repeat. She's a return. She is coming back on again. <laughs> we all know singing is not my thing, but I'll, it never stops me, right? But I want to tell you about our guest today. And then I have to remind everybody, I have to keep telling this, that this show, because of our great listeners and our hundreds of thousands of listeners that we have now, we are rated and recognized as being one of the top 300 out of 15,000 blog talk radio shows. (laughs) Yes, we're in the top 300, and you know blog talk is the world's largest radio talk network, the world's largest and so we are in high cotton, and we are so thankful to the dear Lord for um, arranging all of this. Because, you know, we could not make this happen without him. Yeah. So, you know, my guest today, because we've been promoting it everywhere, is the fabulous Nikki Wood. She's the senior producer of the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Yes, and you all know the Morning Show, right? And you know Nikki is doing a lot of stuff other than just producing, right? You know that. So we're going to let her tell her story. And if she doesn't tell it all, I got some stuff to add to it, right? Because we know how modest she can be. Everybody, welcome the fabulous Nikki Wood. Hi, Nikki. Hi, I'm trying not to be a little nervous and scared here with you, ma'am. <laughs> Threatening to tell all my business. Oh, no, not the personal side, just the professional oh, side. No. Because, you know, if I I say something personal about yours, you may say something personal about mine. You know how we can get, but Loretta did this. How was your date the other night? Oh, Nikki, uh uh-huh. I heard about your girl all on the beach uh uh-huh in Malibu. Mm Mm-hmm. In somebody's Lamborghini. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Thank you for having me on again. I am so honored to be on uh, such a a now a world-acclaimed radio show. Thank you. I just love you, girl. Congratulations. I love, love, love you. Oh, so what have you been up to? What has been going on? I know you are super uber, uber busy. So thank you for I taking am, the time out to spend with us. 
Oh, you're welcome. I, I mean, it is busy, but it's like a good kind of busy. You know, there's so much going on, and, and there's so many things developing that I'm so excited about. So um, it, it has been busy, but, you know, I always make time for you. You're so awesome. So tell us what's some new stuff going on, because I know I saw where you guys had um, one of my um, newest people that I've had on that was Tammy Williams, a lady who made history being the first African-American female in the state of Georgia to own her own post-production production studio in Atlanta. So she was so awesome, and you guys showed her so much love. I was like, you see, that, that's how they do at TGMS. That's what they do at TGMS. They just love on folks. We do. I mean, and 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 that's you know we we are the purpose and the party, and we firmly believe in in supporting people who are doing really good things in our community, um, and worldwide. Um, but also, you know, making it fun at the same time, which is kind of how you do it too. So, um, so so that is our mission, and that is what we do, and and that's what we've done, goodness, for more than twenty years now. Wow, you are a staple yeah. on radio, you and Tom Joyner. And just so, and you keep like reinventing it. It's, it's not the same. It's still amazing and fabulous and so entertaining. That and it's excellent. That doesn't change. But you guys have changed over the years. And I'm thinking, how can you beat what was so unbeatable before? But you guys seem to find a way to do it. And you, being a senior producer, you have to have a big hand in that, Nikki. So how do you keep, you know, beating the unbeatable? Well, I think that I think it starts with good leadership. I think Tom is one of those people who, you know, is constantly coming up with different ideas and different ways to make what we we've always done more relevant. Um, I think that you have to stay open to the changing technology. So, um, as popular as Tom is on the radio waves, he's also that popular online. So, you know, for him to be open enough to allow us to then develop a, another platform for him. Um, through social media and, and his website, blackamericaweb.com. I mean, we reach a totally different audience. Um, and that's, I think, you know, what keeps him him in touch and keeps him relevant. I mean, it is a, it is a challenge. Um, it is a challenge not only, you know, competing against other radio shows and newer radio shows and, and dare I say, younger radio shows, but also with, with the Internet. They're, they're our competitor too now. Yeah, and then you are competing against what you guys did like last year and the year before that. So you're always in that competitive mode, and you come out fighting, and you come out winning. That's the thing. So now, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and he does, you guys, you know, you started stuff that everybody else is, like, copying and do, trying to duplicate. But, of course, you know, duplication is just um, flattery because you won't be able to duplicate, duplicate what somebody has mastered. So, um they got to give, you know, the honor where honor is due, and that's because Tom Joyner has, you know, he was sustaining and sustainability and scalable before people even start using those terms. So yeah. you guys are already yeah. iconic and legendary. Yeah, I mean, he, he is the biggest and he is he is the best. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that we view, you know, competition is, is healthy, obviously, and, and now – um, the company that Tom founded, where it just started as, you know, it being the Tom Joyner Morning Show, I'm not sure if you heard, but in the beginning of the year, we um, we expanded. And so now, not only do we have the Tom Joyner Morning Show, but we have, like, the Ricky Smiley Show. Uh, we have the Russ Parr Show, for those, you know, that are on the East Coast. We have the Yolanda Adams Show, the Reverend Al Sharpton Show, Dare I Go On. We just added a new uh, <laughs> afternoon show that will be headed up by the phenomenal comedian, D.L. Hughley. 
Um, so we are growing. We are the largest. Tom's company is the largest uh, African-American and urban uh, formatted media company now. So um, so he definitely keeps topping himself, <laughs> definitely. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he is the king of that. He is so the king of that. And I have a, a pleasant, did, I don't know if I mentioned this last time you were on, but a few years ago, you know, how you could text something and or text him or email him and and still, he was, like, king of all this stuff. And he actually texted me back. And, you know, I was telling him about my show. Well, I don't think I was, like, doing too much TV then, but I was definitely doing TV, not doing radio again. And he said, you know what, Loretta, that is good. And I said, well, can you – I'd love to be on your show or something. He said, I'll pass this on to one of my producers. And he's like, you know, keep going. He was so uplifting. And I'm like, you've got to get a million texts a day. And for you to try to respond to all of us, that's just crazy. But he did. Well, and I'll never, really, ever really forget important it. to him. Yeah, it's really, really important to him. And, I mean, it's gotten to the point where now he has help. Um, you know, so it's you know he has somebody that makes sure that he he gets what he calls his stack of homework. So we'll like print out all mm-hmm. his emails when he's on a flight. That's what he does. He goes through emails and he responds to them, or he goes through letters and he'll respond to them. Um, so he has a system, but he definitely feels like he should be able to touch all of his listeners, and that's extremely important to him that he be able to do that. And so he keeps adding different mechanisms. Like now you can Facebook them, you can tweet them, you can text them. You know, he just keeps <laughs> adding different ways for you to be able to get at them, you know. So it, it's really, really cool. Oh, my goodness. Do you, do you got, and I, I don't get to listen often because I'm, you know, not having to get up and drive my teenager because he's driving. And I used to always listen to, like, the little soap opera thing. Do you guys still do that? No, we haven't done that probably, girl. I'm about I to change you. We probably haven't done you that were in about first five again years. in that. Radio, soap on the radio, come on. And it was so awesome. Yeah, you know, it was in the car I mean, after I dropped I my son that, off just to continue to listen. <laughs> it was great, but I think that we recognize also when we need to move on to, to other things. And, and that was a different time in radio. That was before we got, like, satellite radio. And that's before everybody was listening to you know, an app where they could get just music. And we realized that at, at some point we had to start giving people more of what they wanted. I mean, they still, you know, want Tom because nobody can do Tom like Tom does Tom, but they wanted more music. <laughs> and so we definitely had to look at paring down the show um, and giving the people what they really wanted, and that was more of Tom, Jay, and Sybil. Um, so that, yeah. you know, that that started about five years ago, and we've been really strategic in, in what we put on the air and what kind of content, because there is so much more competition now and so many more um, options for people if they're not satisfied with what we're giving them. Um, so, yeah. So that's been, that's been going Yeah, and again, you leave on top. You didn't stop it because people hated it. You stopped right. it, and people were still wanting more. So it, it, it's all about, you know, knowing the win as other things that you all have started and mastered, and, you know, it was replaced by something even um, more amazing. So what about the um, the scholarship things? Are you guys still doing the college campuses? Because, I, like I said, I don't get to listen, but he's still number one in my book when it comes to radio. No, absolutely. I mean, Tom to date has probably given more than $60 million um, in scholarship funds uh, to HBCUs. Yeah, he is. He's, he, that's what he loves, and that's where he puts his money. Um, and so every, every month we adopt a school. I think it's Savannah State University this month, and we give scholarships to students that attend that school, and we focus on that school for an entire month and just raise money um, to help that school. 
Um, today we had on the president of Morgan State University to talk about the, the Parent PLUS loan program and how, you know, that has been really hard, especially for students of color. So, I mean, it's, it's something that he's really, really focused on. I mean, his one of, you know, he has two sons. One went to Howard University where I also went, and then one son went to FAMU. So it's something that he definitely believes in. Um, and then, you know, he he's, comes from a Tuskegee Airmen family, so he's definitely rooted in, in the historically black college university experience, and, and he believes that that should be supported, and he does it very well. Yeah, because we talked about you, you know, being, of course, the, the most amazing, talented senior producer, but you're also doing some things that um, your own brand, Addition Out the Infotainment, on the weekend events and the activities called What in the Weekend. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> Well, you know what, it's interesting because in my career, I mean, I've been Tom's producer, you know, for five years now, but my entire, you know, radio career and television career has been as talent. Um, So for 15 of my 20 years, I've been on air. Um, And so when I I made a strategic decision um, to join Tom's team uh, because I wanted, A, to learn a a different facet of the business, um, you know, to, to keep myself relevant, And B, I wanted to learn syndicated radio. I had never worked in syndicated radio. So it has always been my my goal to to get back on air because that's what I love as well. Um, And so Tom was open enough when I decided, you know, well, let's talk about what people are doing this weekend. I mean, we have all these HBCU bowls and, and football games and movies that we don't really necessarily hear mainstream media talking about and just different events that speak to uh, our audience more so than maybe any other audience. So let's just spotlight that. Um, And it it really has been well received, and so I do that every Friday. Um, But I also do a daily segment on our Chicago station. I mean, I was in Chicago, the Chicago market, for 10 years. So I still do a daily segment on our our Chicago affiliate. Um, So I still get my my on-air on, so I get enough to keep me (laughs) me satisfied, you know. Um, But I love that part of the business, too. What about the red velvet um, thing, you guys? We have the performers come on and um, perform live, or you guys still do that as well? We did that. We had Chante Morning. You lead on that one, kind of, right? Well, I do. I do a lot of the beyond the studio interviews. I work with. Um, I have another producer who does some of them as well. We kind of switch on and off. And and the mm-hmm. idea with that is just you know you can only talk about so much in a in a five minute interview. And so we talk about some of the things that don't necessarily make it on the air. So Shante Moore performed uh, today and. Um, we didn't really talk about, like, some of her relationships. I don't know if you're watching R&B Divas L.A., um, but one of the big parts I of her storyline. every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, one of the big parts of her storyline is, you know, her relationship with Kenny Lattimore and the fact that he, you know, was trying to get more time uh, and more custodial rights with their son. And so, you know, she's been kind of closed-mouthed about this whole thing and her relationship with Kenny. And so with my Beyond the Studio interview, I got a chance to really talk to her about that and get her thoughts on, you know, not only just her relationship not working out, but having to really deal with that in the public eye and then being on a reality TV show and getting served with papers, you know, from your ex-husband, you know, fighting for more custodial rights and how you deal with that on national TV. So, no. uh, so the Beyond the Studio interviews are just kind of designed to really dig into more than you can in a three- to five-minute interview on air. 
Yeah, and, and it seems like a, it's not a lot, but sometimes you can get a lot out if you can, you know, stay focused on it. And you have to be really brilliant to do a three- to five-minute interview. That is awesome that you're doing. And you also do, you still do the Mama's Gone Wild website, <laughs> weekly blog <laughs> entries and all that good stuff with the mom. And, so, and let, I really want to spend a little time there to tell people why, you know, there was a need for it and how it's doing and what it's about because you all also have the um, single mom's, thing you still um, with the Myra. Well, so let's talk about Mom's Gone Wild. Well, Mom's Gone Wild kind of started, um, you know, I'm, there are only really two married moms that kind of deal with the show. And so we kind of recognized that there was a void there of, um, you know, people that could talk about stuff like that from, you know, from actually having lived it. I think that um, Sybil does a great job. Um, of being the voice for women and mothers and, and presenting, you know, our side of the story, but she's never been there. Um, and so we kind of just recognize the need that um, on the web and on the air that there there needs to be, you know, that voice um, presented. And so Tom, one summer, it was probably about three years ago, Tom was going on like the six-city three-day tour where he had all these appearances that he had to make and, my kids were gone for the summer, and Mary was able to get out of the house. Her kids were gone somewhere, and her husband let her leave. And so Tom was like, this is the Mama's Gone Wild tour. And so he you know, <laughs> named it, and we got T-shirts, girl. And uh, so we went on this Mama's Gone Wild tour. And so and that's how we came up, and it just stuck. And that's how we came up with Mama's Gone Wild. But we just talk about issues that are important to mothers and single women and married women and, and stuff that, that really speaks to that audience. Oh my goodness! I, and see, that's another thing. You you manage so many hats, and yet you seem to be, and you sound like, and appear to be sane. But how in the world, you know? Speaking of moms going wild, how do you balance your career? Because you do so many things within your career, and we haven't even talked about everything that you do. And I'm just like, yeah. You know what? I guess it's just my life. I mean, somebody was talking about like how I balance family and and career, and I, I don't ever know if you you I don't know if you ever get a balance. I don't know if there ever is a perfect balance. I know that, you know, my kids are extremely generous with their mom <laughs> and sharing her with, with everything. Um, but it's just our life. Uh, last summer we were getting ready. We were ending baseball, and my my youngest son said, "Mom, do you realize you're the only mom that brings her laptop to the games?" I was like, well, I'm going to work. <laughs> mom, but I'm there, <laughs> you know. So it it wasn't like a negative for him. It's just like you kind of realize that this is a little different than what everybody else does. Um, but they're very patient, and, and they, they know, you know, they'll demand their time. They'll say, okay, Mom, we need to do some stuff together, just us, and, you know. And so they're really good about it. But it's just what I do. It really is just what I do because I, I love I know, what I do. It's hard to explain, like you said, and what I think that causes people stress and gets, becomes overwhelming is when people think of balance, um, 50-50 here, 50 there, and then that's 100%. Uh-huh. But balance is different for every person. So some days Absolutely. my balance is 30% with my family and then 70 with the radio and then it's 70 with my family and 30 with everything else I do. So I'm I'm balancing it, but it doesn't look like a, a 50 every day. So I think to help women, especially with that, just understand that it changes. It's supposed to change because there's no way you're going to give everything you do the same amount of time. So, yeah, and it doesn't require that if you can balance it. 
And I think we need to give ourselves a break. I mean, my mom said something when I first had my children. She's like, are you really going to die if the floor doesn't get mopped tonight? I mean, is the world going to stop? You know what I mean? And you just have to realize, you know, that some things are more important than others. I mean, is it more important that I read to my children or do I need to get all the dishes washed or empty the dishwasher? Mm-hmm. You know, what? you just have to realize, like, what's important and the fact that if you don't get every single phone call returned that day that you have another day to work on it, you know. Um, and I think we just need to give ourselves a break. Yeah, and, and that is okay because I, I, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was so awesome at staying at home. And so the house was always, you know, just immaculate, and she was always just put together. And so when I became an adult and I started having children, I was trying to do all of that. I was trying to keep the house immaculate, have all the kids look awesome, and work a full-time corporate job that was very demanding. And then one day I realized, okay, that was fine for my mom because that was what she did with her social priorities, her PTA, but she didn't have this other mountain over here. She didn't have a corporate job. So i got to quit comparing myself and trying to, you know, live like she lived. And so like you, I had to decide, hey, it's okay if those dishes sit in there where my mom would probably stroke out if her dishes stayed in the sink overnight. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I don't want them packing up, and, you know, I don't want those little bug things. But it doesn't, like you said, it's not immediate that I have to do that because I have got to have some downtime. I've got to have some rest. So I quit trying to be that person. Uh-uh. I, was, I yeah. couldn't because I was going to kill myself. Yeah, it's it's it's, and we we look at other people in the outside, and you know you you see what they do, and then you try to match that, but you don't know what really is is going on, you know. And I Absolutely. think that we just need to um, accept ourselves where we are, um, and and I think it it has helped me with my children is letting them have you know help make the decisions. Like you know, we have three activities that that we could do today. Which two are the most important, or which one is the one you really want to do? And let's make sure we do that really well um, instead of trying to go to three events and you're all crazy and cranky and stressed out because, you know, you're running <laughs> around all day. So, you know, let's let's figure this out together. And I think that that has empowered them, you know, and, and it also makes them just feel like they're a part of the process and, and they appreciate it more. Yes, they do. And they have to be a part of decisions and they have to, you know, you don't want to, you know, blindside them. So I will sit down with them. And, you know, that family meeting thing is real. You know, people see it on mm-hmm. TV and think it's just the Cosby's or all these other amazing people. But I think all families should have family meetings and anybody should be able to call a family meeting when you need something instead of letting all that stuff pile up, pile up, pile up. And that teaches our children that you have to learn how to handle situations. And, you know, even in the corporate world or the adult world, if they, and I think that's why my sons are so far advanced as teenagers than I was because they have to experience that and they have to, you know, be empowered to make decisions that I didn't have to make when I was 15 and 13. Like I said, my mm-hmm. 16-year-old drives to school. Well, I didn't drive to school when I was 16. <laughs> right. There was no way yeah. that was going to happen. But, you know, so they, they're just a, each family should have its own blueprint, its own footprint, and it shouldn't be compared to another family. Do what works for you. Agreed. And I, mean, I, remember a lot of stress. I remember when I was young, I wanted to go, I wanted I, don't, I wanted a bed. Oh, I wanted one of those canopy beds that my girlfriend Adrian had. And I remember my mom saying, you know what, if you want Adrian's experience, then you need to go live in Adrian's house. Because <laughs> our house is going to be a totally different thing. And, and I think I kind of looked at things differently after that. 
Um, and, and I use the same technique with my kids. I mean, this is our experience. I mean, we're going to do things that other children can't do, and they're going to do things that we might not be able to do. Um, and even Absolutely. if we did the same things, we'd have two different experiences doing it. So, um, yeah, that comparison thing will get you every time. Every time. And I, I remember time. my pastor saying, when you compare, it, it does two things. It either causes you to be prideful or it causes you to be depressed. Because right. you're thinking you're better, right. you're thinking you're worse. So never compare. You never ever compare. It's never good to compare. Right. Never ever. So let let's talk about some more things because we haven't even scratched the surface with you, girl. You're just, you are truly a superwoman. Um, so let's talk about. We know you're keynote speaker and you've earned the title of global visibility expert. And what does that mean? Global well, visibility I, expert. It sounds so important. It, well, it is important. What do you mean it sounds yeah. important? It is important. Um, well, one of the things, I took a year off um, before I started working with Tom, and one of the things that I realized in that year was when I was on the radio, I had this incredible platform to not only talk about what I was doing or what I was interested in, but also to help promote any projects that I was involved in. I mean, I wrote a book when I was on the radio in Chicago, and I was speaking then and doing conferences, and and when I was home for that year, I was like, what? You know, I didn't have that platform uh, anymore. At least it wasn't easily accessible. I still had friends so I could make calls, but I didn't have, I wasn't talking to like a million people every day, which is what I was doing when I was on the air in Chicago. And so I started playing around with social media, and I saw how easy it was for just anybody um, to develop their own platform. I mean, you can literally speak to millions of people a day on social media when you develop the right platform. And so over the years, I've kind of like honed my system, um, not only in just developing my own platform, but helping other people develop their platforms. And and so it, it really helps you gain, like, you know, visibility for whatever project you're you're working on, whether it's a book or a song or your company or your brand, on a global scale. And so then we started coining the phrase global visibility, and that's that's kind of where it came from. I love that. Oh, my goodness, I love that global disability expert. Okay, so we, we're scratching the surface here. So you also currently serve as an own ambassador as well as an ambassador for Pretty Brown Girls Incorporated. Let's discuss the first one, the own ambassador. Well, that mainly is just believing in Oprah Winfrey and her company <laughs> and just being proud of an African woman, American woman, being able to, to create um such a powerhouse business, um, and so just supporting her and, and programming and helping her get up the word out about you know new projects that she has, so that we can we can continue to keep that going. Um, I mean, I think it's an amazing thing that she's done, and she's definitely paved the way for for some of us that are coming along behind her to develop our own companies, um, and and knowing that it's possible to do it on a billionaire status uh, kind of thing, kind of level. So um, just helping her spread the word and just, you know, helping her her continue to uh, grow her brand. That is so awesome. And that's how it happens. And one thing I had to learn, and I think that's, well, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm kind of behind my goal but because I know things happen like they're supposed to, but is allowing other people to help you. That was so huge for me. It wasn't that I was so much independent and prideful. Well, not pride. I was so much prideful. I was trying to be independent and not get people involved that I couldn't pay them their worth. So I took on every hat. I was like the TV host. I was trying to produce, and I was doing all this stuff. And now I realize 
have had I maybe got people involved like I have now, a team of people, who knows? And i got to tell you my Oprah story this year. I am like you. I'm on social media all the time. I'm always finding people, and my producer, Bethany, is finding people. And you'll be surprised at numbers. You can actually find numbers. So I actually found a number to the own network, and I called, and I asked to speak to Oprah. I had the number, like, for four months before I even decided, because I got the number, like, in February. But I didn't know what to say, right, so I didn't call. So finally I emailed this guy, and I said I wanted to, you know, if it would be possible, like I I reached out to you and said I wanted to invite you to be a guest on my show. Mm-hmm. And this guy responded like the next day. He said, well, give us two weeks. We're going to look at our calendar, and we're going to see if we can make something happen for you, Loretta. And by the way, because, you know, I told him about some of my stuff. He said, by the way, congratulations on your success. So two weeks later, he did get back with me, but he said that she was super, super, uber busy um, this right. year, but maybe by the first of the year, because, you know, the movie and the network and all this other stuff she's involved in. But just to get that far, I feel like I hit a jackpot. Yeah, so well, you do I just think her brand is amazing. I think, I think it is, and I think that she has shown that not only can you – um, because, you know, she developed a really strong brand while she was still working technically for other people. So taking mm-hmm. that brand and being able to transition it to something that she owns and controls and then grows, I think, is a great example um, to what we can all do uh, with our brand. Um, a lot of times when we are working on our brand, it's because we're working, you know, we're working for somebody else. I mean, my, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have my brand, but I'm also developing it while I'm working, you know, for, for somebody else, for Tom. So, um, but strengthening that and, and growing my platform, um, I know that one day I will, if I decide that I want to be, you know, 100%, you know, entrepreneur, that I can do that. Um, and I, that's what I encourage people to do. I mean, I, I say literally that I have parallel careers. I mean, I have what I do in radio, but then I also have what I do with global visibility, and I encourage people um, to do that, not only, you know, if you have, you know, the the, the you know, the fire burning within you to become an entrepreneur, but just, you know, you never know what's going to happen in this economy. So you never know when you're going to get laid off or your job is going to be eliminated or whatever. And so, you know, to have a backup um, is always a beautiful thing. It is. And I I believe, and and when I'm invited to speak at places or in schools with kids, I always, there is something that you can do and make money legally and do it really well. And whether you do it part-time, full-time, as needed, Always have that plan, you know, because I know, and I try to push people too hard, and I learned that I do push people too hard because if they tell me they want to start a business, I stay on them, and then when I feel like they're, everybody's not going to want to be a brand. Everybody's not going to want to be, you know, a franchise. Some people just want to do the mom and pop thing or sell mm-hmm. a painting here and there. And so I had to understand that because I'm like, or just want to do hair. You know, I'm like, no, all your own salon. No, do this, you know. And I'm like projecting my own stuff onto them. So I had to realize that, you know, what if all of us wanted to be entrepreneurs at that level of Oprah? We all know that's not going to happen because somebody has to maintain these other places so that we can shop and we can eat and we can buy cars. So I had to learn that. But I was like, oh, my goodness, I was. I was really yeah, my- my argument to that is that even even if you do want to have a local mom and pop store, you still need to have some kind of platform, some kind uh, of online presence for your business. 
Um, yeah, not everybody wants to be globally visible. I've been told that several times. I mean, they don't want the pressure, they don't want the stress, and some people don't want to have or don't have a service that translates to doing business with somebody in Sweden or South Africa or, or anywhere else around the globe, and that's fine. But most people do want to be able to own where they are. And and now in this day and age, in, in, in order to own where you are, whether that's, you know, on the corner of, you know, Martin Luther King and 45th in Chicago or, or anywhere in Dallas, you need to have an online presence because I guarantee you your competitors do. I guarantee it. And so even if it's just for people who are traveling through Chicago and want to get the best hot dog in Chicago, I mean, they're going to Google it. They're going to ask people and they're going to Google it. And if you don't have an online presence or you're not doing well in, in Google page ranking, then you're going to miss out on business. So I don't care where you want your business to be, whether you want it to be local, whether you want it to be national, you want it to be global, you want it to be be, be uh, successful. And in order to do that in this day and age, you have to have an online presence. I totally agree with you, and I, I was like, okay, I had to, I did, I bagged off some, but I'm like, okay, I know my my mission, my mantle is one of those things, making sure people are inspired and know that it's possible. Whether they do it or not, then that's going to have to be on them, so I had to look at it like that. I got to mm-hmm. push you, I got to, you know, kind of expand your horizon, because who knows, you could be the next whatever great thing what you're doing, but if you don't want it, then that's another thing. But if you're not, you know, invited to it or exposed to it or know how to dream that high, then I, I so I started back, not, you know, I don't call it pushing, but just trying to inspire people. Well, you know, you can own two hot dog stands. Did you know you can also, you know, think about <laughs> So my son will tell his friends, don't tell mom what you want to do if you're not serious because she's really going to go all out. And then if you're not serious, she's going to give up. So about, what about this, Pretty Brown Girls? I love that, Pretty Brown Girls Incorporated. Well, girl, a friend of mine that I knew when I was in Chicago, um, you know, we she was she was in Chicago and she moved to Detroit, and she, she has girls. I have boys, so I'm not really all, up on all the latest dolls and everything. But, you know, she recognized, like, from going to stores like American Girls and, and things like that, that there really was no representation, not just for African-American girls, but just any girl of brown hue skin color. Um, and and how how lacking it was just for little girls to be able to see their image in the, in the toys that they were playing with, and so she went on this pretty brown girl movement, and she called me, and she was like, you know, will you help me, you know, by being a an ambassador and, and helping me get the word out? And I said, yeah, but she really didn't need my help because she ended up, I mean, she's all over the place now. She this has become a huge success. And she, I found out she's going to be at TD Jake's uh, Mega Fest, and she's on a panel there to talk about it. I mean, she, it's, she's doing really, really well with it. But I mean, it just it goes back, and because one of my other things is like I think everybody has a passion that, that's burning down deep inside of them, whether they, you know, actually know what it is or not. And she is so on purpose with this this new company. I mean, she's had other businesses and she's been successful, but I've never seen like this fire inside of her to get the word out about this and. I mean, it's become incredible. So, I mean, they they have pretty brown girl organizations in in different cities, and I've done events, you know, where I've talked to, yeah, I've talked to to, to teenage girls and younger girls just about, you know, what they think about themselves and how they they can start to learn to be comfortable in their own skin. I mean, unfortunately... You know, it, I thought it was hard for us growing up and looking at the different images on TV and, and you know, then being compared and, and deemed beautiful or not beautiful based on, you know, something that may not even be realistic, like, a, a you know, a magazine cover. 
or something like that. And But it, I think it's ten times as hard now for, for little girls growing up to really own um, their beauty um, and be comfortable in their skin. And so this organization, you know, they, they like I said, they've started developing different uh, different groups or affiliates in each city, and, and they're they're gearing up for a big conference next year. So it's really become a really good thing, and it's I think it's something we don't have enough of. So I'm I'm glad to support we, her. We yeah, we do not have enough organizations that empower girls and let them know, you know, that beauty is relative, and you got to feel good regardless of anything else that you see on TV, knowing that your beauty is reflected as well, because that's what you see in somebody else. You're actually seeing your own beauty, but you have not right. yet owned it yet. So you don't have right. two equals, right? That's my girl's leadership empowerment kind of thing um, that I, I do, have been doing for the last four years. And we have a pageant, so they understand all about internal beauty and owning your own beauty, and it looks like that. And, again, like you said, there are so many comparisons because, Hello? All right, we were having some technical difficulties, and I know that Nikki Woods, being a senior producer in many, many years of TV and radio, I know she kept the conversation going, right, Nikki? <laughs> I know, and I'm still having technical problems here, so everybody just can hear me. I can't hear you, so give me just a moment to kind of reload something here in the studio. I am not sure what is going on, but we will get it worked out in just a moment. So stay with us. Don't hang up. All right, everybody, thanks so much for staying with me. I really suffer some major um, technical difficulties here in the studio, so my apology for that. Hopefully we have resolved everything that was going on prior, and you guys stay with us. I know you did because you're super, super awesome, awesome, awesome. I am going to try to get Nikki back on the phone with us, 
And thank you guys so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live, the radio show. We were talking to, or we are talking to, senior producer Nikki Woods. She's the senior producer of the Tom Jordan Morning Show. Um, that is not the totality of who she is or what she does. Because this lady is, I mean, she's like the epitome of a awesome media mogul. She does so much. She writes books. She has other shows. She's a super, super um, social media expert. And I love the other term that she uses, a global visibility expert. I'm sure you will hear me use that term again and give Nikki all the credit for it. And she is doing some amazing things. And it just goes to show, you know, that's what this show is about, women empowerment, men empowerment. Everybody, you know, we all have 24 hours, whether you're Donald Trump, you're Tom Joyner, Oprah, um, Tom Hanks, you know, we all have 24 hours. And it's what you do within those 24 hours that will, you know, grow your brand or grow your career or help you to just maintain and, you know, always be employable. So I just want everybody to just stay encouraged. And, and yes, she does a lot of things. Yes, excuse me. <clears throat> I do a lot of things. But guess what? We don't do all of these things every day. So we're not sitting and trying to do every single thing on our plate every day. Some days we do this. Some days we do that. And I've learned those um, tips and techniques by watching other super, super successful people you know, that's how you kind of balance everything. You can do a lot of things. You can be an author, you can be a radio show host, a TV show host, you can uh, run a company, you can work for another company, and you do that by finding the balance of, and using best work practices, and you do that by reading and watching other people. So I'm hoping that we can get this thing resolved because I may just have to end the show because I don't want to have a, a really bad show, so... Please, um, that's I guess what we're gonna have to do. I can't figure out the the problem here, so we'll get Nikki back, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live. We're gonna end the show a little early, but I really love you all, and I'm so grateful for your support and everything. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs> 